Hello and welcome to the Heredity Podcast with me, Dr. James Bergen. Red sea bream are important fish in Japan. In fact, it's not uncommon to see politicians and sumo wrestlers posing with these iconic red fish. But something odd has been happening in Japanese fish farms. Some red sea bream appear to be, well, transparent. What's going on? Well, that's the focus of today's episode, as we discuss the recent Heredity paper, Identification of the Causative Gene of a Transparent Phenotype of Juvenile Red Sea Bream. This study takes us from genetics fundamentals to the bleeding edge of modern research, and we get to learn some cultural fun facts along the way. Welcome to the Heredity Podcast. First of all, can you please introduce yourself? Thank you very much for inviting me to this podcast. I'm Eitaro Sawayama, Assistant Professor of the College of Bioresource and Sciences at Nihon University. My research interest is genetics and bleeding science in aquaculture field, especially dealing with two marine fish species, Japanese flounder and lessee bream, to improve economic traits such as growth and disease resistance, and also preventing genetic disorders like we dealt with in this paper. Well, welcome very much to the podcast. And I wonder to start, could you just tell us a bit about what this paper is generally about? Mm. Deformity is an important issue for aquaculture, especially at the seed production stage. The high incidence of the deformity significantly reduces the market value and also increases cost of seed production. Hence, it is important to identify the causative factors of deformity, and many studies have been conducted for improving rearing environments such as nutrients and water quality. But not so many researches have been done in the view of genetics. In seed production of let's see bream, transparent phenotype is often observed. Sometimes, large amounts of this phenotype are found in commercial seed production, and there is a big demand to identify the causative factor of this phenotype. Previously, we revealed this phenotype was genetically caused, and possibly a Mendelian disorder, which was estimated by previous DNA parentage analysis and also AFLP analysis. So in this study, we conducted family-based genome-wide linkage mapping by Didi Rasek, and fortunately, we found a possible candidate gene. We conducted some physiological experiments to collect evidence between the candidate gene and phenotype. In addition, CRISPR-Cas9 genome editing was done using zebrafish to dysfunction of the candidate gene and whether wild-type zebrafish will be transparent or not. Hmm, perfect. I mean, it's a very interesting study, and we'll get into all of those details very soon. But just to step back, I wonder if you could tell us a bit about the red sea bream aquaculture in Japan. Why is this fish so important? As its name suggests, red sea bream has a bright red body color. This is one of the most important aquaculture fish species in Japan, and approximately 50 million fish are annually cultured. This fish is very tasty and commonly consumed as sashimi and sushi. So this fish is also exported to foreign countries, mainly South Korea, but also China, US, and Europe. Bright red color is a symbol of happiness. So this fish is traditionally important and used in many life events such as birth and wedding. Have you seen the winner of a small wrestler hold a big blessing? So blessing is traditionally important in our culture. The Red Sea Bream aquaculture has started since the 1960s. Soon after Red Sea Bream aquaculture started, the seed production technique was developed, and the full life cycle has been controlled now. According to the document, the major farmed population was generated from around 700 wildfish 
selective bleeding programs focusing on growth and disease resistance have been conducted, and now it has been taking over 10 generations, and growth and disease resistance traits have been drastically improved compared to the early day of receiving farming. Hmm, fantastic. I mean, yeah, it's it's very clear how important it is. You know, I don't think I've ever actually had any. I need to try and find some. <laughs> but I guess the interesting thing that you were looking at in this paper, and you talked about it a minute ago, was this unique phenotype. So this sort of transparent phenotype. What's important about it? Okay, uh, during domestication, farmers have not cared much about genetic diversity. And effective population size of the farmed population has drastically decreased. Previously, we estimated effective population size using microsat DNA markers, and it was around only 20 to 40. Mm. This means farmed populations are highly inbred. Nowadays, we can see several genetic disorders, and this is possibly one of inbreeding depression. Transparent phenotype is commonly observed in commercial seed production. As the name suggests, its blood vessel and vertebrae are clearly visible from outside in juvenile stage, like around 40 days post-hatch. At the same time, the body color of normal fish becomes reddish, like the cover image of, the, of this volume, and these body parts are not visible. The body color of transparent phenotype will increase after 40 days post-hatch and finally not be transparent. But still, its body color is whitish when the fish reach at 100 days post-hatched. There are several reports that chromat 4 development is controlled by thyroid hormones. A surge of thyroid hormone occurs between 30 and 40 days post-hatched when the larva to juvenile transition. So we doubt this phenotype is a kind of thyroid hormone disorders. So we previously identified this phenotype is generated from a specific parental combi- combination. We also developed a phenotype-specific SNP based on AFLP analysis. These previous findings suggest this phenotype is a simple Mendelian disorder. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. And I assume mm-hmm. that the fish farmers don't want the transparent phenotype. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like the genetics of coloration, which is what it sounds as though you're kind of doing in this paper. So what specifically did you set out to do in the study? Uh, the aim of this study is to identify the causative gene of transparent phenotype of Lessibrim for removing the literous gene from aquaculture populations. So previously, we developed the phenotype-specific SNP, which is closely located to the causative gene. And using this SNP, we can estimate whether individual inherit the causative mutation or not. So in addition, previously linkage analysis using microsat DNA marker reveals the causative gene is located on linkage group 4, and the phenotype-specific SNP was also mapped on chromosome 6 of Medaka. The SNP is located on intron of neural EGF2 gene, but there is no missense mutation in its exons, and also the function of this gene is not related with thyroid hormone. The genetic distance between the causative gene and the SNP was around 5 centimorgan, which means almost 5 megabase, and it was still difficult to narrow down to the answer. So we also did not conduct genome-wide linkage analysis, and still there were no evidence of whether a single gene was associated with it. So at this time, genome resources of Lessibrim were limited, so resequencing was not able to do. 
So we plan to genome-wide linkage analysis using DDRAD6 for fine mapping of transparent phenotype to detect how many genes is actually associated with and where the causative gene is exactly located. Mm, fantastic. And I think it's very clear there, and it's even more clear when you read the paper, that you did an incredible number of analyses here. And I'm really curious what your key findings were. So what were the key things you were finding out about this transparent phenotype? Uh, there are two important genetic analyses. One is linkage analysis, and another is association analysis. So first, by linkage analysis, we found several SNPs which were perfectly linked to the phenotype. We were very lucky. Two thyroid hormone-related genes are located in the scaffold containing those SNPs. Those two genes, dual oxidase, deox, and dual oxidase maturation factor, deoxa, have important role for thyroid hormone synthesis. And surprisingly, if mutations occur in those genes, congenital hypothyroidism will be induced in humans. Low thyroid hormone concentration and enlargement of thyroid follicular cells were observed in transparent phenotype of the CBM. And those were similar clinical signature of congenital hypothyroidism in humans. So we were really excited that both genes were possibly one of the causative genes. And association analysis was also the key of this study. We successfully identified two candidate genes, and both genes also have missense mutations. Mm. So it was not possible to identify which gene and which mutation cause transparent phenotype from one family data. So we collected transparent phenotype from several production lots and also different farm strain. So using different genetic resources, we can detect different recombination events, and it is expected that resolution of phenotype-genotype association will be improved. Among four different production lots, the mutation locating exon 3 of deoxer was perfectly associated with transparent phenotype, but on the contrary, mutations in deox were observed in both phenotypes. So by association analysis, the missense mutation in exon 3 of deoxa is genetically determined as the cause. Without association analysis, we could not determine deoxa is the causative gene. That's amazing. I have done similar analyses in the past, and they've never been that clear cut. It's, it's mm. really interesting to see how uh, you were able to zone in on this sort of very specific candidate. And another really interesting thing you did was use CRISPR-Cas9 which has been around for a while, but it's still a very exciting method. So how did you use it and what did it help you understand? Mm -hmm. Association analysis revealed the mutation in exon 3 of deoxa causes transparent phenotype and also the rescue experiment supported the result of genetic analysis. But still, there are all indirect pieces of evidence. So we want to have the direct evidence, like if deoxa is knocked out, the body color will be transparent or not. And Resiblim takes at least two years for maturation and also requires a large learning facility. So the CBLIM is not suitable for a knockdown experiment. So we used a small freshwater fish, everyone knows, a zebrafish. This fish mature a couple of months, needs only a small tank, doesn't require a big concrete tank like the CBLIM, and is easy to care for. Moreover, there are a lot of genome resources. So guide RNA was easily designed to exon 3 of the zebrafish, deoxygene, and injected with Cas9 nucleus into fertilized egg of wild-type zebrafish. 
the F-Zero CRISPRs showed very low survival rate because genome editing might induce homozygous mutation in the target. To improve the survival of F-Zero CRISPRs, we added cyloxin to rearing water until the juvenile stage, and this improved the survival rate very much. And this was the key of this experiment. And F1 CRISPRs were generated from those F0, and as we expected, all F1 CRISPRs looked similar to transparent phenotype of the CBM. So this was the direct evidence, loss of function of this gene in this transparent phenotype in fish. Mm, yeah, this is kind of what I really love about this paper, is it's this perfect blending mm. of model and non-model systems to answer this sort of very important applied question. It's, it's a really good use of these different methods. And obviously, you've now found this causative gene. And I wonder how this will help red sea bream aquaculture. Mm. This phenotype follows the simple Mendelian inheritance. So theoretically, 25% of offspring from a pair inheriting the mutant allele will express this phenotype. So marker-assisted selection can perfectly eliminate the literous gene from farmed populations. So now some seed production companies have already started marker-assisted selection using these DNA markers, and transparent phenotype has now not observed after the selection. Also, large number of farm sea bream have been escaped from aquaculture site, and genetic integration between wild and escapees have occurred. The mutation will be a useful DNA marker to evaluate the negative impact on escapee to detect transmission of the deleterious mutation from farm to wild. So we think our finding will be a useful tool for improving aquaculture production, but also conservation of less seabring. Wow, fantastic. It's very clear reading your paper just how important some of these results are. And I wonder, obviously, we focused very heavily on the red seabring, but I wonder if there's a broader message in this paper. Hmm. Well, uh, it is difficult to answer because our research was mainly focused on West Seabream aquaculture. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but of yeah. course, it is interesting that human and fish share the same gene causing congenital hypothyroidism. It means fish can be a useful model for understanding mechanism of genetic disorders in humans. And congenital hypothyroidism is the major genetic disorder in humans. Ob- uh, observed in every 3,000 to 5,000 newborns, in turn, genetic disorder of farmed fish may be related with thyroid hormones. Some genetic deformities observed in farmed fish seems related with the larva to juvenile transition. I'm interested to identify causative gene of genetic disorder of farmed fish, and this may update our knowledge and understanding of genetic disorders of human. But this is not intended just by product of aquaculture research. So this is fun. Mm, Yeah, well, hopefully. But even if it doesn't, this is a really wonderful paper. It's got a very nice question. It's got some really beautiful methods in it. The results are very interesting, and hopefully people will now go and read it. Uh, So just to finish off, I wonder if you could remind people listening what it's called, and also just tell us about your co-authors and anyone else who's had an input in this work. Title is Identification of the Causative Gene of the Transparent Phenotype of Juvenile Recibri Paglas Mayo. This study was funded by Japanese Society for the Promotion of Science. I would also like to thank the people in the Marua Suisan, a red seabream seed production company. They support rearing experiments and sampling a lot. Thank you for uh, your invitation. Mm, Perfect. Well, thank you very much for sharing your work with us. You can find today's paper on the Heredity website. That's nature.com forward slash hdy. 
While you're there, you can also check out how to submit your own papers to the journal. Heredity is the official journal of the Genetic Society. You can subscribe to the Heredity Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow us on Twitter. That's at Heredity Journal. And, as a heads up, for the next couple of months, we'll be bringing you fantastic science a little less often, as, for the next little while, we'll be dropping down to one episode a month. But don't worry, we aren't going anywhere. If you want to get in touch with me directly, drop me an email at hereditypodcast.gen at gmail.com. I'm James Bergen. Thanks for listening.